to Natural MD Radio, your place to hear the whole truth on health and medicine for women and children and get the tools you need to take back your health naturally starting now. I'm Dr. Aviva Ram. everybody and welcome back to Natural MD Radio. This is your host Aviva Ram and today for episode 113 we're going to talk about headaches in pregnancy and is Tylenol safe. Now this started out as an article that I published in 2014 when my daughter-in-law, who's a pediatrician and master's in public health, was spending the night at my house. She was pregnant with her second baby, my grandbaby, and she woke up in the morning and she had a bit of a headache. And she came down the stairs and said, Aviva, I've got a little headache. Is there anything I can take? Do you have any Tylenol? And now backstory for those of you who aren't familiar with this, I was my midwife, the midwife for my first grandbaby and my second grandbaby. So I wasn't just being asked the question as Aviva the mother-in-law, I was also answering it as Aviva the midwife. And so right around this time, some initial scrutiny started getting raised over the safety of pregnancy and uh, safety of Tylenol in pregnancy based on some animal studies that had suggested that its use can have important implications for neurodevelopment and endocrine dysfunction in in babies when moms take it during pregnancy now when we think about Tylenol or acetaminophen as it's properly called its pharmaceutical name most people just reach for it every day like it's no big deal and two-thirds of women have used it in pregnancy but it's not benign. For example, it's one of the major contributors to liver disease in the United States each year, and many European countries actually regulate the amount to a fairly small amount that can be sold over the counter because of this significant risk of liver disease. But it's long been considered generally safe for use during all stages of pregnancy, making it the first choice pain and fever reliever that most women go to and most family doctors, OBs, and midwives recommend. Now, given the large numbers of pregnant women using the drug, even a small amount of risk of adverse events in the babies can have important implications for, for human and mama's and baby's health. It's now been found in three studies to impact the developing human nervous system. In a major study of over 64,000 Danish mothers, maternal use during pregnancy was associated with as much as a 37% increase in something called hyperkinetic disorder, a severe form of ADHD, and a 30% increase in ADHD in the children of moms who took it. Risks of ADHD in children went up to 50% in women who took Tylenol for 20 weeks or more during pregnancy. Stronger associations were observed with use in more than one trimester during pregnancy, and the higher the frequency of use, the higher the risk of ADHD or hyperkinetic disorder. A second more recent large study of 7,796 pregnant women who used Tylenol at 18 and 32 weeks of pregnancy, published in JAMA Pediatrics, confirmed the findings of the first study, finding that children exposed to acetaminophen prenatally are at increased risks of multiple behavioral challenges, and the associations are not attributable or explainable by other behavioral or social factors. Now, a new study seems to confirm both of those previous studies' findings. 
And acetaminophen can definitely cross the placenta, does have fetal neurologic effects, and may be implicated in higher rates of autism. Researchers analyzed umbilical cord blood from 996 births, gathered as part of a study called the Boston Birth Cohort, a long-term study examining factors affecting pregnancy and child development. By the time the children were an average of almost nine years old, 25.8% had been diagnosed with ADHD, 6.6% with autistic spectrum disorder, and 4.2% with both ADHD and ASD. These rates corresponded to the levels of prenatal acetaminophen exposure. Compared to the lower third of the exposure groups, the middle third was associated with 2.26 times the risk for ADHD and the highest third, 2.86 times the risk. And for ASD, the middle group had 2.14 times the risk, but the highest group had nearly four times the risk. It's no surprise that Tylenol could be at the root of problems in developing babies. It depletes a chemical called glutathione that we rely on in our bodies for detoxification of all the environmental chemicals we're exposed to, all the pharmaceuticals we're exposed to, and the hormone product byproducts that our bodies are breaking down, amongst other things. Tylenol has also been found to act as an endocrine disruptor. The studies suggest that acetaminophen may also influence fetal brain development. This is not the first time that safety in pregnancy has been questioned. As an endocrine disruptor, it's been, it's been linked to undescended testicles in male babies and an increased risk factor for infertility and later life development of testicular cancer. While it's unlikely that using acetaminophen a few times over the course of your pregnancy is likely to cause any problems, and the benefits outweigh the risk for high fever in pregnancy, these studies are a reminder that medications should not be used unquestionably, unquestionably during pregnancy, and also keep in mind that 90% of all pregnant women will walk out of a doctor's office with a prescription at some point during their pregnancy. As one of the study researchers warned, we should continually remain vigilant to the need to reappraise the evidence concerning the risk-benefit balances of med medications in light of these new research findings. So what's a mom to do? Headaches are a common prenatal problem, and Tylenol has long been considered safe to use. So what are you going to reach for if you have a headache? First, I want to say, if you've taken Tylenol or another form of acetaminophen like paracetamol, don't beat yourself up. First of all, how would you know? Most likely, nobody told you. Your primary care provider, your OB, midwife likely didn't know. And oftentimes when these studies come out, they're dismissed as like yet another critical study, kind of woo-woo. But these are very legitimate, big studies that have been well done and published in big journals. So your doctor or midwife should actually know about these. So if they don't, please inform them because that's how they learn. A lot of us learn a lot of things from our patients. You'd be surprised. Or our clients. They don't really like to call pregnant women patients because pregnancy isn't a disease or sickness. So if you do have a high fever, let's say you do get the flu, it is still reasonable and appropriate to reach for Tylenol. The goal is to avoid it if you don't have to use it, reach for safe alternatives if you do have mild symptoms, and if you do need to use it, keep it to as short a duration as possible. 
So what can you do instead? Well, here's what I told my daughter-in-law, and here are five safe natural tips to reduce headaches in pregnancy that I use with my clients and patients. First, simply apply a few drops of lavender oil, peppermint oil, or tiger balm to your temples. These have been shown to be safe and effective for reducing headaches. Now, my go-to is lavender. It's got great studies. It's relaxing in general, so great for calming you down if you feel stressed, and stress headaches are so common. But also, I find that tiger tiger bomb kind of burns. If you put it on your temples, it really burns your eyes. And of the lavender oil and peppermint oil, I find the lavender oil more pleasant and just as effective, but you can reach for either. Now, you may have read that lavender oil is an endocrine disruptor, not safe for use during pregnancy. I can say, as the person who wrote the article that was published in the New England Journal of Medicine, it was actually a letter to the editor, in response to the article about lavender being an endocrine disruptor, here's the thing. All essential oils are endocrine disruptors. The tiny amount that you'd be using on your temples for a headache here and there during pregnancy is not significant enough to cause any endocrine disruption in your baby, even in early first trimester. And likely ongoing use wouldn't either. These were um, kids who were being slathered in body products that were heavy in, in lavender oil, but also as my rebuttal article states that I co-authored with Paula Gardner and Kathy Kemper, the lavender oil, given the circumstances of what was going on with these kids otherwise, uh, they were overweight, they were boys who were uh, around puberty, and the measure was breast development. That's actually more common in overweight children or overweight people, uh, overweight men, to have some breast tissue development because of that increase in estrogen. But also, um, if these boys were going through puberty, a little bit of breast development in boys at that time is actually normal and it goes away over time. So I feel very confident and comfortable enough to have my daughter-in-law do this when she was pregnant with my grandbaby. Um, and you know the data just 100% really supports the safety of this. The next thing to keep in mind is that a lot of headaches are a result of neck and shoulder tension. So don't overlook the value of a good massage or gentle osteopathic or craniosacral therapy for headache prevention and relief during pregnancy. Third, magnesium can prevent but also reduce a tension headache. The dose is four to 800 milligrams a day. I usually recommend magnesium glycinate because that's the kind that doesn't cause you to have a bowel movement. But if constipation is a, pro a problem for you while you're pregnant, you can combine magnesium citrate or glyc and glycinate or lean toward the glycinate until you get relief of constipation. Now that 800 milligrams a day is really the upper limit recommendation. So you wanna look at what's in your prenatal vitamin and then supplement up to the difference, up to that 800 milligrams. Another favorite for me to go to uh, for my pregnant, my pregnant mamas that I'm working with is ginger. And specifically ginger capsules are fantastically anti-inflammatory and pain relieving to the extent that in studies that have compared them head to head to non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, they have been found to be as effective without the risk of side effects. The dose is two ginger capsules, two to, four, uh, two to three times a day. If you feel a headache coming on, just go ahead and take two ginger capsules. If you have a headache, you can take them every about four or six hours to up to six capsules a day. And this is considered safe during pregnancy. 
Another great go-to is just simply take a hot, relaxing Epsom salts bath with five to seven drops of lavender essential oil added to the bath. Those magnesium salts are thought to be relaxing, although the studies aren't really convincing, but we do know hot baths are very relaxing. And magnesium salts can be soothing to tight, tense muscles and the essential oil of lavender. You get the same benefits from the aromatherapy in the bath water that you do from rubbing it on your temples, and you can do both. There are several additional herbs that classically have been used in pregnancy and can be helpful for mild to moderate headaches, including chamomile and lavender tea or tincture, and cramp bark or black cohosh tea or tincture. Now, the tea is pretty terrible tasting, so for the cramp bark and the black cohosh, I use only the tinctures. Now, this is not to be confused with blue cohosh, which is not safe for use during pregnancy. I give you all these doses, so you don't have to remember them, over at my website at avivaram.com forward slash 113. That's the number 113 for episode 113. If you have a sudden onset of a headache, more severe headache than usual, any visual changes or upper abdominal pain with your headache, or if you have a history of high blood pressure, please see your midwife or physician promptly as these can be signs of a more serious illness like pregnancy-induced hypertension or preeclampsia. If you have frequent headaches, getting to the root cause by making sure you're getting enough sleep, reducing excessive inflammation with dietary and lifestyle changes, making sure you're getting all of the nutrients you need, including essential fatty acids and protein, and assessing your environment for anything that can be a trigger, whether it's a stress trigger or, for example, an allergic trigger, is really important, not just for your headaches, but for your total optimal wellness and your pregnancy experience, and it's also the best thing you can do for you and your baby. So you might want to consider working with a functional medicine, integrative medicine, or a naturopathically trained physician who is skilled in midwifery care, or a midwife who is skilled I'm sorry, one of those practitioners who's skilled in natural alternatives and integrative care, or a midwife who is skilled in natural medicine approaches. My wish for you is always a glowing, optimal, joyous, healthy, and safe pregnancy. And we have to keep in mind that every day we hear something new in our medical literature, in our medical research that I keep up with to keep help keep you informed, that really shines a light on how cautious we need to be with things that we have accepted as tried and true for decades, especially when it comes to pregnancy. And before we go, I want to tell you about a way that you can learn more about herbal medicines, including for use during pregnancy, postpartum, fertility, but also for PCOS, endometriosis, period problems, and so many of the common concerns that women experience, whether you want to support yourself, your daughters, your sisters, friends, family members, or if you're a practitioner, an herbalist, an OB, a midwife, a naturopath, a massage therapist, an acupuncturist, uh, any anyone who's working with pregnant women who wants to be able to educate and share natural alternatives that are safe and appropriate for use during pregnancy and women's life cycles. I have run for 15 years something that I am really proud of, which is my course, Herbal Medicine for Women. It was one of the first online natural medicine courses out there. 
It remains the premier course in women's herbal medicine and natural medicine. And as a special holiday surprise and gift, uh, Herbal Medicine for Women is on sale for a flash sale for one week only, starting today, December 11th, going through Wednesday, December 18th. And there are some really big changes coming in the spring with Herbal Medicine for Women. We're going to be doing some group training together. We're going to be having a lot new, a lot of new videos, some other really special components. So the price is actually going to go up in April. So this will be the last time that this course is available at the current price with the added sale. So I promise you, this is the lowest price that Herbal Medicine for women will ever be again. We haven't raised the price in years. It's really time. There are some new components that I think are going to excite everyone. And here's the thing. You have access to herbal medicine for women for the life of the course, which I hope will be forever. And anyone who joins on this sale or has joined previously will have 100% access to the new benefits. So if you're interested in studying herbal medicine for women with me, in the best course that's available. It's the most comprehensive. There's no other course like this run also by someone with 35 years of midwifery and herbal medicine experience and who's an MD. Please do join me to get more information or to you know join today if you want to. Head on over to avivaram.com forward slash HMW. That's avivaram.com forward slash HMW. I look forward to meeting you in the course and I will see you again in a week or so for the next episode of Natural MD Radio, which will be the last episode of 2019 before we go into a year that I'm calling a year of vision for me. I know that's really corny, but I can't help it. 2020 just feels like a year of seeing things in whole new ways for me and bringing all kinds of new, really pertinent and powerful information to you to help you take back your health, to help you take back the health of your family members. And for those of you who are practitioners to do things in a whole new way, because women, we deserve the best, most transparent, safest, most effective healthcare that we can get from our providers, and we deserve to give it to ourselves. So thank you for joining me, and I'll see you next time, and hopefully I'll see you in the Herbal Medicine for Women course. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Natural MD Radio. If you did, please go to avivaram.com and join the conversation about the show on my blog. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter. It's free and it's jam-packed with powerful tips to help you take back your health naturally. That's avivaram.com. Take care and see you next time.